Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. And today we have the least train wreck uh, of a uh, fucking podcast that we're going to have. And as I'm saying, yeah. I'm stuttering over it. I'm falling over it, not going to let me take it out of my stride. We're talking uh-huh. about uh, From Under Soil and Is it From Under Soil and Dirt? Is it Under Soil and Dirt? Under Soil and Dirt. You're thinking of Fall Boy. Yeah, I always say From Under Soil and Dirt, but it's From Under the Court Tree. Yeah. And then, so I sound like a fucking idiot. But anyways, we're talking about Under Soil and Dirt by the story so far. Mm-hmm. I would consider this to be a a big record for me. Yeah, I'd call this pretty big for me too. The band themselves influenced uh, a good amount of like what my music taste is now, even. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. These guys took sad boy pop punk and nailed it. They, to me, it's in a way they like made it. Right, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. so, and we talk about this album. Just in passing on the podcast, most episodes, I At feel like. At least once an episode. We we mentioned yeah. something about the story so far. Yeah, for sure. Like, so it's just... And it's crazy because... Um, let's see. When did this album come out? 2013? 2011. 11. Under Soil and Dirt. So, <clears throat> yeah. This one, like, was really big... Um, I even remember one time, the first time I remember hearing it was in Tyler's basement uh, and he found Rome. And, you know, I've, I've said this about, about a few different albums and about the story so far specifically, I think, on the show, where, like, this is really one of those bands where at first I was just, it was so different to me and it was, like, such a new thing right. that, like, when I first heard Rome, I was like, man, this voice, this guy's voice is kind of a lot, like... What's he doing here? What's what's the idea right. here? And it was the it was totally the kind of thing, same as a lot of other music that I know and love at this point. Namely, where all I was time like, low. yeah, all time low. Uh, even like Fall Out Boy a little bit, like kind of just Wonder Years, almost everything. Where I was like, I'm good on this for now. Uh, <laughs> and it it took me a minute um, to get into it. But then when I did, you know, no looking back. Yeah, I I can't remember. I don't have as good of a memory as you do. I can't remember how mm-hmm. I was introduced to the story so far, but I know yeah. it was through you and Tyler. Yeah, Ty, I feel like Tyler really uh, really uh, discovered them for, for us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely found out about the story so far once I came back from Aponiquit and went to Taunton High. Which is mm-hmm. that sounds about right. Like late, late 2010, or early, early 2011. Late 2011. Late 2011. I came back at the end of junior year. No, it was the beginning of junior year, but September, September 2011, because that's when a school year starts. Oh yeah, it does. You're right. Because we graduated 13. Anyways. Right. It's funny the way that, like, we forget about how school works eventually. Sometime in junior year, which is... I was I was definitely making a big transition as a person. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going from my, like, very heavy scene phase... Mm-hmm into uh the monstrosity that would come next of me just not knowing who i was for a really long time uh-huh. <laughs> just like really trying out a bunch of different things and none of them working yeah lots of different uh different haircuts you were wearing you were wearing ties to school for a little bit gym shorts <laughs> tank tops all over the place all at one point <laughs> all over the map that's funny. Uh, the longest my hair's ever been, absolutely the shortest it's ever been, all in the same year. You are like you very, you really are an extreme, quite an extreme person with, with the the, the different versions of yourself you'll try on. I just gotta see what sticks. Uh huh. 
thank God recently this whole like just wearing like Adidas tracksuits thing is stuck because that was that was I was getting getting tiring you know yeah yes <laughs> glad something stuck I now I just look like I don't know like the Russian mafia a little bit uh-huh. and, <laughs> but I think it works really good yeah it's cool um, so uh to to get back in the album here already we're, we're a couple songs deep uh and i just remember one time that it really hit me that i that i was like into this stuff was um there was one day i we must have been recording i think we were recording that christmas song um mm. we were recording the cover of of last christmas at frank's house uh offshore descent was covering it and I remember driving yeah, home uh, in Tyler's car, I think, and like he put on mm-hmm. he put on this album, and I just remember being like really hit by like the drum tone, like the drum sound in States and Minds, and uh, right, just being like, ooh, this is like so punchy and cool, like this is just so sick sound, like just the way it sounded was really cool, and. Uh, yeah, and then and then you know, then we got a we got a couple other songs there. Rome is just you know such a banger. Quicksand is very cool and fast and punky. Um, yeah, just really good songs. Swords and pens. Good luck, kid. Uh, we covered that one of one of the other me and me and Tyler's band with Frank. I sang that on stage with you guys once. Yeah, that was cool. It didn't go. It yeah, it didn't go great. No, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's funny to go back and watch those videos as somebody who is not yeah. the one singing singing on them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this the production on this record is really good. Yeah. Like so the drums are just so punchy. Everything mm-hmm. sounds good. Uh, I remember you telling me at one point that the bass absolutely was line in. Yeah, I read um, that once in a like, or maybe maybe it was on like Twitter. Like uh, he was doing like some sort of, you know, just answering people, and someone was like, "How'd you get that bass tone on Under Soil and Dirt?" And he's like, "It's like a Squire P bass, like lined in." <laughs> so many people were so pissed. But here's the thing: you've heard some of the bass tones that come out of Bias. Yeah, they're they're silly. Yeah, you can do. You a can lot get like, you can do so much with a computer now. Uh huh. And like, just especially bass tones, because you can get a good guitar tone out of just about anything. Because the focus the entire time that amp modeling has been a thing, yeah. it's been like, how can we get guitar tones to sound really good? Right. And, uh, there was no focus on bass for a really long time, but now, just because of like the guitar tones are sounding so good, people are just like, oh well. I guess we'll make a bass tone too. Right? Yeah. There's other things here. And too. now you, can, now there's just a bass tone that you can like drag and drop onto your track, and it sounds sick. That's cool. <clears throat> um, high regard is yeah. I kind of want to just do like almost like a track by track as they come. I guess. High regard is really cool. Um, the thing they do that thing that I really like where it's the. It's really hard to explain it with uh, without a visual piano roll, mm-hmm. but the drum part, the it's like so that so it's uh, snares on just two, uh-huh. and bass drums on every other on every other. like 16th note i want to say okay it sounds I don't know, good the whatever drum part that's like do do da do 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 da do 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 da do right it like that's you want to have a punchy chorus have that one yeah yeah it's just very like a driving yeah it sounds cool and that then, really says like all that you really need to know about this entire record it's like super like like it's like aggressive in driving yeah. from like from one to eleven. It really makes you want to move. Like 
Like when we when we first started the podcast, I'm you know pumping my fist with states and minds and stuff. Like I'm just like you know kind of makes me groove like this this uh, second verse in high regard too. Yep. Um. Yeah. Let's see what what um. How many times have you seen them live? Okay, th- yeah, that's actually a pretty cool story. So once, mm-hmm. um, and I went to see them, but they also played with New Fallen Glory that night. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, so it was like they played, and then I was like, all right, I can go home. But like all of our friends were there still, and they wanted to still see uh, New Fallen Glory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could, I could leave. Like, I don't really, uh huh. I don't really care all that much. Right. That's but funny. like, it's crazy to say that I saw the story so far not close. Right. Was that on? Was that on this album cycle? Probably toward the end of it. No, I. I don't think so. I think it was. Two thousand. It was probably like right. Before What You Don't See came out? I think I can imagine. I can imagine the time that that happened. I remember I was, like, just not going to a ton of shows. I was just super broke. It felt like I was, like, working, and I had, like, enough money to pay for my car insurance and stuff. And, like, it was the kind of thing where since I had a job, if I was going to buy concert tickets, it was going to be with my own money. And I did not have the money to go to that show. But I remember seeing them um, at Warp Tour 2013. That was the first time I saw them. Uh, so yep. that was that was their first Warp Tour. I think that was like right after What You Don't See came out, and that's when they were like huge, like or maybe not like huge, but they oh, were... that's funny. I don't mean to like completely interrupt you, uh-huh. but I'm gonna completely interrupt you. Sure. So. Newfound, I just found the article on Alt Press. Uh-huh. Uh, Newfound Glory will be embarking on a Sticks and Stones 10-year anniversary tour, uh-huh. performing the in- album in its entirety, and I remember that being a thing. I guess I also saw Sea Haven. Okay. And I had no idea. So it was, uh, the support was Candy Hearts, Sea Haven, the story so far. I remember here hearing about I remember seeing the story so far wearing Sea Haven merch all the time in like interviews and pictures and stuff. Uh I think that's the extent I know that band. But uh I remember thinking, well they must be cool. Um and then um I remember hearing about that band Candy Hearts after you guys went to that show and I just remember being like this is terrible. Like I really, I really think Candy Hearts wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't, I did not like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's um, so funny. But you were saying about a show that you saw them at? Yeah, the first time I saw them was Warped Tour 2013. That was really dope. They were playing some stuff from, from, you know, what you don't see, some stuff from this one. Uh... I bet they played 680 South still. Um, But either way, it was like they were like main stage already. It was like one of the last shows of the night. It was really, really, really cool. And it, but it was funny because they were still like small enough where, and maybe, maybe some of the guys still come out and set up their own stuff. But like, I remember uh, the guitarist and, and bass player came out and set up their own gear. And I remember being like, that's pretty cool. Like, just because they were, like to me they were already big and important but it was like it was kind of like it didn't matter you know what i mean right just thought that that's, was funny it's always really cool to see like um when me and phoebe went to go see issues we've talked about it a thousand times but it's mm-hmm. like one of the one of the only shows i've been to recently yeah uh the guitar player for issues was standing like right next to me oh, for cool. the entire sleep token set that's funny. Like, we were literally bumping shoulders. And uh-huh. I was like, turned to Phoebe, I was like, hey, this is a guitar player for issues standing right next to me. And she like, <laughs> didn't say anything. So uh-huh. I was like, whatever. I didn't I didn't say anything. I let him live his life. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool. And then after after Polyphia played, they just put hoodies on mm-hmm. and put the hoods up and walked straight through the crowd. And nobody 
better than I. That's hilarious. It's I think it's it's less like um like they're they're just like, oh, you know, we can do this because if we don't have our instruments on and we don't have you know, the one main guy with us, nobody knows who the rest of us are. Right, yeah, like the and the, we can, the singer's important enough where they everybody just pictures them as as the band. Right, like they can just kinda doesn't matter, they can just walk through. Mm-hmm. Dude, the, Which is pretty cool. The um the drums in this in Mount Diablo, the the drums in in all of their music is so cool, and it, this drummer is one of those people that like, uh, I guess a bunch of different points I'm trying to make at once. Um, this drum part is super cool, and I I learned how to play it at one point, and now if I if I'm on a drum set, which is like once every couple years, this is kind of my right. go-to thing that I play because it sounds really cool, but also it's like kind of easy to play um yeah it is it's pretty easy yeah it's just yes yeah, cycling in between toms and a snare flam right but it sounds really cool but also the drummer i'm pretty sure is our age um i think everyone else in the band is a couple years older to, uh, to varying extents but i'm pretty sure the drummer is like uh our our age which is insane to think about like just like the uh, the you know the amount of success that they had at like a time where we were just trying to play like any shows and he was already here you know what I mean like yeah just just ripping tours and like yeah and like w- the biggest pop punk band at the moment uh huh but yeah even then I kind of remember just like from video seeing like set videos and stuff they did like switch out members on some of their early tours because people were still in school and stuff like that um. Right. But yeah, also that's a that's kind of an interesting thing too about like I feel like the story so far is one of the last bands that like really stuck with me the way that they do because for a while it was like you know, pop punk bands or bands in that scene like uh it's all young people, but for the longest time they were older than us. And then it was but then it was right. like it came to a point where now those people are a lot younger than us. And then it's like something about that just makes it so I can't connect with it or I just don't care about it or it's no longer my taste. But like this album came along at like the perfect time of like, you know, one of the last little windows of like, oh, I can jump on this band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... I know what you mean. Like, uh, when it comes to newer pop punk bands, like, I don't know, who's who's around right now? Water Parks? Like, they're kind of like, <laughs> like a... I don't know. Like, what are they? They're, they're like a pop rock band now. Uh, I don't, I've never listened to their music. You know what's so funny, dude? They're... I, I think it's... I'm not sure if it's the singer and the band, but one or the other, um, for the longest time, would always be on my Twitter feed. Like, and it was the most obnoxious thing because they would always tweet in all caps, like, like yelling things. And I never followed them, but it was always just like a, these people you follow, follow this. And it was literally every single one of their tweets was showing up on my feed. And I just had to like, I had to like block them. And it's like, it's not like they were harassing me or something, but it was like, I don't know about that. I don't care about this at all. And it was uh, that's that's right. my that's yeah. my experience with water parks. I is there a setting to shut off the like the annoying push notifications and only get the ones that matter? I don't know. Dude. Sometimes you sometimes you tag me in shit on Twitter and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll see it like two days later and you'll be like, you said that thing I said tagged you in Twitter and I'll be like, no, because I just <laughs> assumed it was fucking spam. Right. You know, speaking of Twitter, um. I hey, remember world. what hey Twitter world hey but um that's a uh, that's a meme that's an OJ Simpson meme he said that when he got on Twitter for the first time <laughs> nice good OJ content um but uh yeah the story so far does not have much of a Twitter presence but um I remember really 
enjoying some of Parker Cannon's tweets uh, forever ago. <laughs> like one, <Yep. laughs> there was one about like, um, let me see if I can bring it up real quick. But like, cause fans would want to like hug him in pictures or something or take pictures with him. And he was like, I don't want to do that pose or like, um, or hug you for your pictures. Save that shit for Kellen Quinn. And, That's uh, so funny. Yeah. But like, uh, Save that shit for Kellen Quinn. <laughs> you yeah, have to pay $30 to get a picture of the Kellen Quinn. So right, right. It's kind of <laughs> hard to be excited. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he had he had some good good tweets like that. And, uh, that, and he deleted his Twitter eventually. But every once in a while, I remember hey, something funny he said, and I try to go find it. You know, it's a funny story that I'm not sure if we've told yet. We might have told it on the all-time low episode now that I'm thinking about it. Uh Uh-huh. But remember the one time that I made everybody in all-time low want to throw up? (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Put a pair of booty shorts on and stuck my nasty ass on top of their table. That's so funny, dude. (laughs) And they were all, like, super for it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it got to, what's his face? Zach, Ryan, whichever the one. I think both of those names are his name. Uh-huh. But he was like, no. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, He's like, I'm not going to sign your ass, dude. Like some chubby, sweaty 18-year-old boy. <laughs> I was wearing an Our Last Night tank that was too tight. <laughs> and and all-time low booty shorts is what you're you're talking about here. Yeah, they were. I bought, I bought all time low booty shorts because that's like the only thing they had left in my size, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> and because like, who's buying triple X booty shorts? Right, right. I mean, if you're buying triple X booty shorts, that's fine. But yeah, it's I'm all saying good. like the the major demographic for all time low at the time was like 13 year old girls. Right. <clears throat> and at the you know what I'm saying. I got it. Um, so, what was I going to say? Anyways, yep. Got that because I wanted a shirt and they didn't have it because uh, mm-hmm. they had a thousand smalls and didn't have any double XLs. Of course. So, who's body shaming now all the time low? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I just got on Rally Cap. Yep. Is this... Is this just a renamed uh, song from earlier on the uh, album? I don't think so. Why is this acoustic? (laughs) Oh, I don't have an acoustic one here. Okay, well, I guess that's what what I'm getting. So that's cool. Got acoustic rally cap or something. Um... <clears throat> oh, but um, the one before this, while, while you while you find your spot, I guess, um, four years, I remember being like, just you know, talking about the time that like I started listening to them and and the the impact they had. Like, I remember listening to four years a lot when we all started college, and like, like a lot of us like stopped hanging out with each other and stuff, and like. That's just totally like what that song is about, and I remember like just getting like super bummed listening to it. But that one's really good. Um, and uh, yeah, Rally Cap is also a ripper. It's kind of a quick one. Yeah, I, I there's not many songs on this record that I like don't like. Yeah. Um. Something that I always say about Parker Cannon is I feel like he sings every song in, like, three notes. <laughs> right. He yeah, I remember... He I remember... Really, I remember, like, not really, really liking that around too much. Huh? He doesn't really bounce around too much in the, in the melodies. Not in this early stuff. Um, but I remember thinking... I remember saying that, like, around this album, I was like... I wish you just like sing with like a little bit more melody, and then like in the the next album he he does a lot more vocally, and it's like even like what the way he sings on this album is like really great, but like 
it's just crazy how much of like a vocalist he he's evolved into as their career goes on um and especially like recently it's funny he got very into oasis um in yeah, the last you couple can years tell by his haircut <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah dude just kind of <laughs> kind of awful haircuts and and big windbreakers um but uh yeah the in like he just like stands that way on stage and stuff and like um yeah, with the mic stand and, like, leaning back with his hands behind his back a little bit. Yeah, he, like, basically stopped moving around on stage. But, um... Yeah, he just kind of does Liam Gallagher the whole time. Right. But, uh, I think it, it's made him sing, like, with a lot more uh, melody and kind of, you know, intention in a certain way on the, on the newer stuff, like, on their most recent album. Speaking of Oasis, you said that you watched in Oasis, uh doc and then yeah. you're an oasis guy yeah i'm i'm also an oasis guy now so um yeah me and parker have that in common that's pretty cool i remember my dad playing oasis a lot um yeah i feel like i when, don't god when uh when we were like you know kids like late 90s it was that was just all what the radio was 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 all oasis so uh, and I think in that sense, I just kind of never thought of them as like somebody who I'd like because it was just, you know, so, so built into just music I'd heard as a kid, but like it is, it, it is a sort of nice nostalgia thing, I think. Yeah. Without a doubt. I like a lot of people fault me for liking a lot of the like shitty nineties music. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like other songs than the hits by the Goo Goo Dolls were really good, right? Like, like some of their deep cuts are actually like killer. Maybe I'll have and, to dive into a Goo Goo Dolls album. Um, like a lot of people shit on Break of Benjamin, and that's not really a '90s band, uh-huh. but that's like one of those early 2000 bands. But like, I think people just hear other people say things like oh, that band sucks because they did such and such. But, like, if you give half of it a chance, you're like, oh, this is this was good for a reason. Like, Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, totally. This wasn't huge by accident. Uh-huh. For sure. Uh, even though a lot of people are like, Nirvana is one of the greatest bands ever, there's mm-hmm. just as many people that are like, Nirvana's super overrated. Uh, right. And they did, like, nothing for music. Uh, one of those people happens to live right below me. Uh-huh. And me and said uh, adversary at the time had a big argument in a, a place of employment, even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> had, like, That's a funny. real argument uh-huh. like, while working under microscopes. <laughs> That's funny. To be fair, it really just seemed like he was being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, and I was like, stop. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're All just right, doing buddy. a thing to do a thing. You don't really think what you're thinking, and uh-huh. you're just trying to, like, get under my skin really quick. Right. To get a good rise out of me. Uh-huh. Sounds like it worked. And it did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that wasn't his intention. He legitimately thinks that, uh, that, uh... <sighs> I don't want to like misquote him and like gaslight him or anything, uh-huh. but like uh, I'm trying to think of something that he said specifically, and I can't really think of anything. But it, it was all to the effect of like, um, like a it's not that good, and they sold out, so it's not good because they sold out. Uh huh. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, they're they're really one of those bands where like it's like. I feel like there's sometimes a difference between like how much a band influences people and what the content of their music actually is. But I also do think that Kurt Cobain wrote really cool songs and that they were all really good at their instruments and uh, in whatever way they decided to play them and stuff like that. But like, yeah, also I'm sure there's a, 
a ton of people who really love them and are diehard fans and like almost maybe don't even care about that kind of stuff and are just like oh they were super cool and then that like makes them look bad to others how about people. just to get back to the search of far real quick i'm mm-hmm. on closure right now and yeah. he just yelled i battle this alone dude come on big moment like as much as you want to say like they were just kind of writing from the heart uh-huh when he wrote that like little section right there you had to think that he was like oh people are gonna yell this at me <laughs> yeah if we yeah play this live uh-huh people are just gonna get in my face about this one yeah this part is very like screaming in your face kind of thing this song rips though like it's and like even like the the first couple verses i think this song's actually really cool there's no like repeating parts it's kind of like it's like a bunch of verses strung together, a couple different bridges, and then like that big outro. Um, there's like no chorus right, to I it. I battle this alone outro. Yeah, um, which is just it's really cool way of writing a song. I feel like, um, and it. I, I also That's love tough. how he's. Yeah, I also feel like he's kind of just like rapping in the verses too. Yeah, I could. I could agree. I could. I can say that a lot of the early Parker Cannon influence is just like, I mean, he is just kind of like yelling a lot. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I mean, I feel like that's part of like the, the like kind of bouncy hardcore rhythm to it, you know? Yeah. It's like hardcore adjacent. Yeah. Sort of. I'm just going to get a good pause here. Okay, and then I'm going to start uh, what you don't see. Okay, are we doing a full? I'm just going to I'm just gonna keep going until like we have fucking nothing to talk about. Cool. I'm trying to just get this, stretch this one out as long as we can. Yeah, I think we got a good, uh, yeah, because we are only like a half hour in because we stopped for a while, huh? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess this will be it. You got a lot of. If you ever want me to edit some stuff to it, I know I'm like really dragging my feet on doing that like video thing, but um. No, just just work on that. Okay. Let me know what you need for audio on that, and just work on that. I don't yeah. care. I'm home so much. Cool. Yeah, Editing I just kind of got to figure out deal. that like cross. Uh, I just got to figure out how to make it look cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. We. It, it. They'll go up when they go up. Yeah. Not worried about it. Cool. All right. All right. I'm going to start now. Cool. All right. But yeah, so um, like, uh, yeah, Undersoil and Dirt, huge album. Um, I feel like even even in a bunch more ways that, that we didn't uh, fully, fully say already, but what you don't see is also like just a good second album. Like, yeah, it's they like wrote the same album a second time with better production i was literally about to say i just want to say this before i forget Uh uh-huh these guys know how to write an album opening yes they really do they they understand that you have to like these are these are the kind of guys that okay so say they were like mowing some really tall grass Mm -hmm. right they wouldn't start on an intermediate setting and make two passes. They would mm. just start on the setting that they want to finish on. Wow, that's a cool thing to say. Like they, these guys, these guys are mowing lawns with a fucking weed whacker. They don't. Uh huh. They don't really care. It's just <laughs> they're getting gotta, rid of that grass one way or another. We get, we gotta get the job done. Uh huh. Right up top. Yeah. Right up. Let everybody know what's up. Yeah, we got work to do here. Here's here's what this is going to be. Here's this album. Here's this lawn. It is what it is. Parker Parker Cannon walks up to the uh, counter at a McDonald's and they go, Hi, sir. Welcome to McDonald's. What will you have? And he punches him in the face and goes, A quarter pounder. <laughs> yeah. You know, that makes me think of, uh, uh, I don't know if you're, he's had some kind of cool, well, I'll, I'll choose my adjectives, uh, here uh some big moments on stage like the, the okay 
Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm do you down remember to him, talk about this. Yeah, do you remember him drop kicking that girl off the stage? That was the funniest fucking thing that ever <laughs> happened. So. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. That was funny. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Like and she could have got she could have got really hurt and that's like not cool, but also hey, that's hilarious. Right. And he fucking yeah. kicked her square in the back. <laughs> I can only imagine she made this noise. <laughs> so, you know, to, to kick people isn't super cool. Um, to, to kick women is not dope. And it seems like he got a lot of backlash for that kind of thing. But, like, right. uh, you know, not cool. But, um, you know, the sentiment of what was going on in that situation makes sense. You know, like, there... To, to kind of go back to that, like, I feel like, you know, there's certain pop punk bands that kind of, like, you know, get that get that hardcore pass or whatever. And I feel like the story so far is one of them. And that was, like, you know, in, in that world of, like, going to shows, you know, you're not you're not jumping on stage and taking a selfie. Like, if they're if the barriers are down and you're getting on stage, you know, run off the other side and go stage dive. You know, it's not... So it's yeah. just like, it, I feel like that kind of thing There's, is just like a, you know, a breach so in social con, uh, contract in a, in a few different ways, I guess. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, so I'll, I'll tread lightly here, mm-hmm. but something happened recently at a counterpart show and I'm not sure nobody got it on camera, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess Brennan Murphy, like, aggressively shoved somebody off stage. Damn. And like they like they hit the ground and it fucking hurt. Uh-oh. And and um like there was like a fight or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then everybody came to defend him because they were like everybody that was on the tour was like that guy was on stage for like thirty full seconds. Yeah, that's like that's that's totally that's like the... a that's like a qu- that's a quarter of the song. Uh huh. Get yeah, off that's the just stage. too much. It's, five it's indulgent. Se- and then everybody said that it was like, hey, listen, one, you're not in the band. Get off the stage. Nobody's there to see you. Secondly, mm-hmm. you get five seconds on stage, and that's yeah. pushing it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's so, even like, it's it's almost even obnoxious when people like like dance across the stage. Like, yeah, just get you know, yeah, you like, crowd surf and you get up there, you're you're off. You go jump, go stage dive, cool, fun, you know, good time. But yeah, you you can't hang out. Big read the room moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real self awareness. See what's test. going on. Like, don't put your arm around the singer's neck and like try to like get in on the microphone. Right, right, totally. Like you're an asshole for that. Uh huh. If you do that, yeah. He's not an asshole for not letting you do it and slipping out. Uh huh. You just put a stranger in a headlock. <laughs> right. So, like, you know. That's funny. You might know who he is, but he has no idea who you are. So, Right. You, you're, a, you're a person who came up, yeah, put him in a headlock from behind. Like, You live in Columbus, Ohio. You, like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, another, but another, to come uh, to, yeah, I sure, think I might it. be able to say what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, to come to the story so far as defense, mm-hmm. one time... Uh, I remember seeing a YouTube video from Warp Tour. One of the right. fans got like manhandled by security, mm-hmm. and they like stopped playing and like like fought security. Right? They defended pop punk. Absolutely, they defended pop punk. <laughs> that was the guitar cool. player had like silly hair and like was like jumping around. I was like, hey, hey. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was very cool. Um, that is very the other thing I was gonna say. Yeah, so, you know, they, they, they got their senses about him. Um, yeah. What else? I saw them. So I saw them a second time, and that was here in Hawaii. And that was really cool because it was almost three years ago now, actually, which is kind of crazy. But um, it was, uh, you know, at that point, they're already kind of as big as they ever were or are kind of thing. Um 
and they played like one of the smaller venues here and that was really cool you can you can find that set on youtube if you just look up story so far hawaii uh i did not shoot it but someone else did and i think you can see me at a couple points um very but, cool yeah it was just a really cool small show and they they played like the perfect set list it, their their latest album had not come out yet they didn't have anything from that one but they played up to self-titled um but they like started with like brevity um i think they still play 680 south at every show but they were still playing that um they played like yeah they just played a, a lot of they played everything i wanted to see them play um which was very cool between old and new stuff um had you have you listened to self-titled and proper dose so let me let me bring up the source of our discography real quick yeah okay so also you saying that you had rally cap acoustic on on lat i think that was like on another ep or something before uh, okay I don't know. Maybe I'm even... Um, maybe, I don't know. I'm looking at their entire discography. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I listened to some of Self-Titled and kind of checked out. Yeah. I remember... I wasn't I wasn't like a big fan. I remember just kind of being like, eh, mm -hmm. I could have done without this album. I, like, that's when I was like, okay, the story so far did it. Like, they're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like self-titled i listened to that one pretty much just as much as the first two i've listened to proper dose a lot less but i also i really like all those songs i think i sent you a while ago there's like there's this like youtube series of like unboxing multi-track things or something i think it has it kind of yeah, like yeah, goes yeah. it like goes along with some website where a guy like shows you how he would mix the songs or something but there's like a handful of these videos just on YouTube that are like a really cool, like you can just listen to the, to the, the individual tracks. And, um, I think they did it for Lightyear, which is the last song on, um, on proper dose. Uh, yep. I believe. And yeah, it was just very cool to hear all the different stuff that they're playing. Cause like, just kind of in all their music, like there's always little twinkly guitar parts happening. The drums are always like, even parts that sound kind of simple are, are really cool. Um, and like, yeah, it was just really cool to hear all the individual things that they're playing, the different tones that they're playing with and like different like drum sound for parts of songs and stuff, which is like, you know, that's what people do, but it was cool to, to hear it broken down. Yeah, it... I know what you mean. I, like, when you listen to a Story So Far song, there's, like, you know, you said twinkly guitar parts and drums and stuff, mm -hmm. and that really adds to the idea that they know, like, about songwriting in a yeah. way that I, I don't comprehend yet. Where, right. like, they, like, they know how to make something sound, like, good but messy, so mm -hmm. they can take it into one of those punchy choruses to give you like a release from the mess. Yeah, yeah. And so I then feel like, you're like, oh, I really enjoy this. Yeah, and I feel like in their in their earlier, like let's say Under Soil and Dirt is pretty straightforward, you know, kind of punky, fast, you know, it's just cool. But then when you get to like what you don't see, it's like parts become more intricate, and you know, yeah, stuff kind of meanders in and out, and there's their rhythms kind of get kind of crazy. Um, right. Would you say that they play in like different like time signatures or the, they just play cool accents? I think they just kind of dance around four. I'm going to be real. Yeah, that's kind of what I, but they do it. They do that really cool. Um, yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, then you get to like self-titled and proper dose and then it's really like, I feel like they start to be like more songwriting about stuff. And I even remember when, when self-titled came out, that was like, there was like maybe one or two interviews that they did to promote that or around that album. 
and they were like, yeah, well, we called it the story so far because it was the first time that it was all of us in a room writing these songs together, which I that was think. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, I guess before it was, you know, one person demos things out, uh, you know, everybody listens to it on a laptop and then they, they multi-track it. But like, I think the last two albums are really like, yeah, more kind of like songwriting going on. It's always fun to like sit in a room and record and like write the album as a whole, but like just like logistically, that's so difficult. Yeah, which is funny because it, it, it like makes sense. It took them, you know, five plus years into their career to do that because it's like they had time because they were playing in a band for a living. Yeah, it's like. So, in order to do, like, likely what they did, uh-huh. they have to have everything mic'd up, everybody mic'd up, and they have to have somebody there recording it, like an engineer. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just have to, like, jam until you come up with something cool, and then you can, like, lay that down almost as a full scratch track. Right. And then and then keep moving, and then cycle through the material, and then, like, expand on that material, and, like, mm-hmm. but... To do, like, if you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm starting a project with myself and somebody else. Hold on, let's get into a room and do that. And, like, that's a hassle. Yeah. It's funny, um, just the thought of, like, the live recording kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, who knows if that's what's on the album, but they were at least, like, writing that stuff together. Um, right. But I know around the time that proper dose was coming out or when they were writing that, that a few of them got very into the Beatles, which was like that. That's the same year that I, I decided I, I'd get really into the Beatles. And, um, it's, uh, like that, that's like one aspect of like bands around that time. That's really impressive that like, it was like all just like live recording band in a room and then you're like overdubbing like extra stuff here and there, but like largely it's just okay, let's all play, and then you record that. And um, yeah, it's funny how like that that kind of coincides with with that time in their in their career. Yeah, I always like when you look back at like old recordings and stuff, especially like Beatles recordings or like Led Zeppelin recordings or. Uh-huh. I think the biggest example of what I'm about to talk about is uh, uh, old Iron Maiden recordings. Sure. Some of those are just bad. <laughs> like yeah, some of just, them. They just don't sound good. Uh-huh. And that's obviously like a limit of technology at that time. And then uh, some people will blame it on analog to digital. Mm-hmm. And... But I think really a big part of it is a lot of it had to be very simple because tape was expensive. Yeah. Also, like, I think there was only four track recorders up until, like, uh, maybe even... I think even Sgt. Pepper's might have been done mostly on four track or, like, all on four track. And then they had to, like, bounce tracks down and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so- you would have to, you would have to, like, compress... All yeah. four tracks down to one track, and then you would have three tracks to work with. Yeah. So, like, yeah, then, then sound then, gets degraded and stuff. I think that's why, like, remasters are huge for, for older stuff like that, because you can go in and find those individual tapes and then line them out and, like, you know, do, do, them, do them more justice now. Right. Put them into Pro Tools and, like, do a good job. Right, because I feel like, you but, know, mic, mic to speaker, it was, like, pretty much the same. But, yeah, it's that compression thing. Yeah, it, and, like, like yeah, they still use, absolutely, the, a lot of people are still using the same speakers that they used in the 70s and right. 60s, 70s and stuff like that. Because that's the tried and true stuff. SM57's been around since God knows how long. Yeah. And then, um... Or just, like, dynamic mics like that have been around for forever. Mm-hmm. And I, it really comes down to, like, sample rate is really what's changed. Right. And I think that's what, like, now you can make a metal record in your basement that sounds like, I don't know, just as good as a, a expensive studio. 
Uh-huh. Which is kind of crazy. That is wild. But yeah, the story so far, man. This is For sure, dude. I mentioned it at the beginning, but to both of us, and I can speak for a lot of the people that we went to high school with and hung out with at the time, mm-hmm. uh, is very instrumental in what we liked at the time, what we would come to like, and the opinions that we have currently. So. Yeah, totally. And I feel like they're, they're a good example of like a band that... I really enjoyed then and I've continued to enjoy and like I feel like I'm kind of growing with in, in my music taste yeah um, maybe I'll check out newer story so far stuff yeah you oh, should but uh, if the music still lines up we're about to get the now you're gone part yep damn in dude. this song which is uh, just like I can't explain why this part is as good as it is. It's the drum part. Yeah. It's how punchy the guitars are, but also just the vocal and that, like, the lead that isn't, like, it's not twinkly. It's it's very obviously played pretty far down on the neck. Mm-hmm. It just... I, good. I think, uh, I think Parker Cannon has said The Glass is his favorite story so far song. Like ever, yeah. That's a pretty it, interesting take. That it was, might be that it might w- be different now that they've put out their most recent album, but up until a couple years ago, the two singles they released off this track were "Empty Space" and "The Glass," right? Yeah. I remember listening to those when my mattress was on the floor at my grandmother's house in her living room. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I can remember watching the the "Empty Space" video there. Yeah, like, I remember when they were releasing singles off this record. Right. I also kind of remember hearing some of these singles and going, like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to feel about this record when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just kind of like I said, like, it's funny. Or uh, in, in the words of Patrick Stump, the songs you grow to like never stick at first. Oof. Um, what a, I feel... What a- great lyric that is expressed what everybody goes through when hearing anything yeah uh, very very true in, in a lot of my musical experiences um, but yeah I, I like it now hey it's 11-11 here make a wish hey um XD Roar. <laughs> nice dude I wish for you every time. Wow, pretty cool, that was huh? A move, really. Uh, <laughs> hey, you want to hear something? You want to hear something really funny? Yeah. Uh, do you remember Tokyo Hotel? Dude, yeah. Okay. Are you getting served stuff for Tokyo Hotel in your explore page? No, I am not. <laughs> Are you? I don't know what the. F- fuck is going on dude on like instagram I'm getting, yeah on the explore page on instagram i'm getting served like ads for not even ads but just like the two twin brothers from tokyo hotel like i'm getting served like their pages and wow like, oh, like tokyo hotel fan pages and i'm like i don't know what i clicked on that's crazy i'm like i'm purposefully not clicking on anything that looks like it could have anything to do with tokyo hotel yeah, the, I I, just, I end up doing that a lot where like stuff comes up a lot and I'll be like I'm not going to I'm not going to click this. I'm not going to like try to investigate why this is happening. You can't going to leave it alone so it stops. Uh-huh. And then you just got to start like watching like more woodworking videos or whatever. Right, right. That's funny, dude. But oh my god. That's a whole nother era of our life. Yeah, that's uh, a it was like my scene era and whatever you're doing at the time, you're still still figuring it out. <laughs> yes, yeah, st- I still still get in there. I'm listen- listening to whatever you were listening to because I was near you. Right, and then oh man, what a time! Just watching video, watch a video on demand at my dad's house. Uh huh. 
I've said it like a couple of times, but remember that one time we were sitting at my dad's computer desk and you dumped a sub on the windowsill? <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it sucks to think about like what a burden it must really be to have like just teenagers at your house and like right. Like they weren't food shopping for me for all the weekends. Yeah. No, and then they just not. They decided, all right, we're making linguisa subs. This other kid can have one, I guess. And then I proceed to drop it on a window. On a windowsill. Everywhere, dude. <laughs> Fucking everywhere. Just a full like ground beef kind of mess. The full sub. The whole thing. It it was. You like the whole thing probably had like a bite so while we're talking about you spilling stuff at my yeah family's houses i remember one time you were trying to pour kool-aid with one hand for some reason <laughs> and you yeah. were like trying to you, it wasn't like a pitcher with a handle it was like a one of the pitchers that you had to like kind of pinch on the back mm, right and you you just boofed it onto the ground <laughs> In my in my mom's kitchen, it, it just got everywhere. Again, probably like a full a full pitcher. Just not only is that just because that's mostly sugar water and food coloring, but right. like now there's just sticky water everywhere. Uh huh. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> Which, but like I did just as many goofy things at your house where like I definitely broke stuff. Like right, that's just what happens. Pretty what often. Happens how it goes like i still have ptsd about like being in your house and like like when i start getting allergic down in zach's apartment Uh i'll like start having a panic attack and start thinking about like laying on the end of your bed with my face out of a window Uh (laughs) that's so funny dude oh boy being a kid's weird, like, going to other people's houses, which are, like, not built for your lifestyle. Yeah, it... It didn't help that, like... How... Like, now that I'm thinking about it, how how bad of it was it for me to, like, go to my dad's house, like, once a weekend and also bring a friend the whole time? <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, that's what happens, wow. though. <clears throat> bad guy Andrew move. No wonder nobody likes him. Anyways... Uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast here, and yep. uh, I'm going to be real honest. We don't really know what's coming up next uh, for the next episode, so we really can't set anything up, but yeah, we're we, really we trying really, to get back on. Really messed with the structure yeah. of the suggesting things at the end of the episodes, but you know. It's we're going to get back into the flow of doing those things. Uh, we have a lot of time to record stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe more bonus episodes if we get around to it. But uh, yep. God knows when this is gonna come out. This might come out post pandemic. Um, That'd be nice. Might be tonight. Might be tomorrow. Might be three weeks from now. Dude, just while we're while we're wrapping up here though, right now I'm on face value, and then the next track is framework, and these two songs are just so good. Um, just like the. The drum parts and the bridges and the lyrics and everything, uh, just very, very good. I th- which one? He says, however long you're gone, I will wait. That hits, you know? Really good. I feel like around... Like, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just a lot, a lot of these songs are, like, lyrically pretty good. Yeah. Uh, lyric snobs will disagree mm-hmm. um but yeah from under from under soil and dirt uh under soil and dirt and what you don't see both have like perfect tracks top to bottom i think yeah yeah no skips no skips at all um yeah i've i remember around when when this album came out seeing a meme of peter griffin holding a a copy of what you don't see in his arms and he says somebody hurt you parker can and that much is clear <laughs> i think i've seen that with taylor swift as well yeah yeah uh but yeah parting thoughts great album if you haven't listened to it which is unlikely go listen to it yeah 
Yeah, you're really sleeping. I, I don't know how you would even know about this podcast if, if you're not in touch with. I guess that's an overstatement, but uh, this is this is required listening. I think. All right, stepping up the stakes here a little bit at the end of the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> wow! If you're here, if you hear this right now, and you're listening to it, okay. Hear me out. Call to action. Request here. an album. You can be on the podcast. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> we'll, f- we'll, f- we'll phone you in somehow. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just taking guests now. It's, a, you know, yeah. As, as you mentioned a second ago, we're, we're mid pandemic or I don't know, hopefully mid, but probably really just the beginning, but nonetheless in the, in the throes of it. And, uh, preferably yeah, if you have any sort of home recording setup, uh huh. Perfect. That's what I'd really like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Well, this has been the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast. I've been Andrew. I've been Eric. And, uh, see you later. Take care.